You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. But I guess I'm really fortunate that I'm here in Kentucky and I have 160 acres that I can, you know, in between meetings, I can go get on the four-wheeler or on the tractor, you know, go fishing or shoot guns or whatever I want to do. So it's not like I'm totally quarantined, even though I am, but I really miss being around the players. And so they're probably going to get an extra dose of me when they get back. An extra dose of Mike Zimmer. Did anyone really ask for an extra dose of Mike Zimmer? I love Mike Zimmer, but... The Mike players, Zimmer is enough, Mike Zimmer. The players probably absolutely love the virtual off-season program in which they can uh, say, you know what, I'm having some problems. Oh, it's a technical <laughs> glitch, Mike. I, I got to go. How great would, was that, though, on the conference call? And I think it's the first time in some time that Zim has talked, probably since the draft. But um, it's just fantastic to get a glimpse into what real wealth means, right? Like, think about all of the things that he just sort of, ah, yeah, you know, you know, I can, uh, I can jump on the four wheeler. I've got all this acreage to hunt. Yeah. I mean, you know, like at night after dinner or something, we'll sit down and have some crazy idea and, and he'll say, okay, we can talk about, you know, tomorrow with the rest of the defensive coaches. And it's been good. We built a golf course. So he's, he's playing golf too. A little part three or pitching putt kind of thing or. No, it's, we've got one green and four tee boxes. But it's but you can hit driver, you know. It's what it's like a driving range too. You can hit a driver. He's got four tee boxes at his house. Yeah, that's what he's telling you. So he's got land to hunt on, separate from what must be his golf course land that they they just happen to say, you know, we're quarantined. What should we do? Let's put a lot small golf course. See, all right, this this is proving my theory. All right. I'm not rich. None of us are rich in this room. All right. We can only we can only imagine what it would be like to have four tea boxes at whatever palatial estate we own in uh, Kentucky. the middle of America. But Zimmer Ranch, like, man. Mackie Ranch. Mackie Ranch. But this is what I'm getting at. Like rich people. This is my theory. Rich people don't even know why they need more money. Like there's a certain point, And I've and I've contested this with NBA players and like some of these contract negotiations in baseball that Scott Boris leads throughout four months and a guy will sit out three weeks into trend into spring training because my client wants two hundred eighty million dollars and you're only offering two hundred forty million dollars and there's a forty million dollar impact. It's like at a certain point, the only thing you're doing with the extra money is putting an extra tea box in your backyard. You know, I think we need an extra bowling alley in our at what forty thousand foot square square foot mansion. Like what do you need it for? At what point do you um look at at people that live with you and say, yeah, you know, it's quarantine. And your son says, dad, I'd like to golf. And instead of being like, oh, you know, that's too bad. Or holy cow, there's a golf course right down the street from us. At what point in time can you safely say, probably without even having to look at your own bank account, oh, okay, cool. We'll just put one in. We'll just build something. (laughs) We'll just put one in. It's it's hilarious because he's going through all the list of things he's doing while quarantining. And I'm like, wait, hold on a second. If I've got all of these things at my ranch, guess what? I could be quarantined forever. But like, what is the point of? So I was all right. I'm going to admit something here. All right. It is quarantine life. And we're all scratching for things to watch on TV. I've already watched a million. I've already watched like four different new series. I watched Tiger King. There's a few things I want to watch, but Tiger King feels like three years ago now, by the way. I know. And it was like two months ago. I know. Not even that. And so my wife loves to watch all of the Real Housewives shows. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dawn Every, like, from New York to Beverly Hills yep. to Orange County and Atlanta. Like there's, oh, there's yeah, like seven different. All right. For you. So we watch all of them. And I can't remember what I think it was Beverly Hills. No, it was New York because they were in the Hamptons. Okay. They went to some. It was like all the. Real Housewives of New York, all six of them, just bombed off their asses. Mm-hmm. 
going to some rich people party in the Hamptons at this house that had, among other things, a full bowling alley with five lanes mm-hmm. and a bar, like a separate bar. So it had, I don't know how many square feet it was. It's like a 20 plus million dollar house in the Hamptons. And this is my point. Why do you need a bowling alley in your house? Why do you need four tea boxes? The only answer is because you don't know what else to do with that much money. Because you can. Well, no, his kid probably said, Dad, I'm bored. I like to golf. And they can afford to say, oh, okay, we'll just build something. But at, but at some point, what I what I want to know is what's the day that you can decide to have these luxurious additions and not even be like, you know, we should probably check the bank account. Like, you're just like, oh, of course. Mike Zimmer is beyond that. If you guys had bleep you money, and Mike Zimmer having four tee boxes at his Kentucky ranch, I think I think he's to the point now where he has bleep you money, right? He doesn't have Elon Musk money, but he has tens of millions of he's dollars mil- banked up at this point. He's a very, very uh, set millionaire. Yeah, and, and by the way, for like 25 or 30 years, he made really good NFL assistant coach. Like, what's a defensive coordinator make 10 years ago? They probably made a half million dollars a year too, right? Yeah, Maybe probably. even like yeah, so he's probably. making a bunch of money. That's probably fair. If you guys had bleep you money, yep, and you just really didn't know how to fill out ten thousand, fifteen thousand square feet, like what are the things that you would put on your property or in your house? Did you guys ever do that exercise when you were in elementary school where they said, "All right, drop your dream house"? I do the. Bu- and for me, it was like, "All right, I need a baseball field." Yeah, but you need like eighteen friends to play baseball. So See, what's the point? Zim's got the bar. And because when when he built this Kentucky ranch, which I think I remember reading about this, I think he built it like five years back or something that they got the land and built this thing. And he's built. In fact, I think we saw the entire thing basically during the draft. He's got the luxurious bar downstairs with all of the plasma TVs like a sports bar. That'd be my first thing. Um. So one of every type of beer in America. One of every type of beer. Multiple refrigerators. I would have, a ta- like I would have taps, taps for all of them. I would have taps, taps for sure. But so, but then like you think about this. So let's say you have four. You have four tea boxes and a green and a driving range. You literally have to have someone on your payroll that mows that down every single day. Like you can't just have weeds growing out of your tea box. <laughs> so if you've got, let's say you've got Judd Zolgad is rich and Judd Zolgad loves beer and sports, and so you're going to have ten plasma TVs to watch everything you want, and you're going to have forty craft beer taps. Somebody has to be coming in on a regular, but you have to first. Yeah. Thing, you have to be drinking those pretty fast so they don't get yeah, that's stale. No problem. But and you don't really have. But like, you know what? You don't really like invite friends over. You know what, guys? Personally, I don't. <laughs> in fact, in fact, in fact, this sounds so bad, but full disclosure: if I was a millionaire, I would probably still. I I I like my house because SLP is a perfect location. Like I don't want to live in Lakeville; it's too far out. But I think I would. Buy up the properties by me, not to expand my house. Yeah, bulldoze those houses. Yeah, just to keep them vacant. Would you bulldoze the houses and just have someone mow the lawns? No, I think I'd leave the houses because I don't. I don't actually. You could to leave the houses. the houses, and then if you had like family that was going to come over, then yeah, they could, they could, just could stay be in a like it could be like a guest house. But as far as you just buy a block, it, it, just buy a block off Cedar Lake Road. I don't know if the city council at SLP will like that. No, they probably wouldn't. But you know, I probably would go penthouse. Somewhere, condo, penthouse. Like, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Craig Leopold, I think I have read this. I think he bought the top condo in the St. Paul Hotel. Okay. So, like, he owns that for a person. Because here's my problem. I don't want to mow lawn. I don't want to pay people to mow lawn. Yeah, but if you're rich. It, I don't even want to go out. Paying people to mow your lawn when you're rich is just, it's an it's But I don't even want to look deposit. at lawn that much. You know me. I don't like the outdoors. There's a difference between the outdoors and like your backyard. Yeah. I, your backyard I'm in recent. St. Louis Park versus like the wilderness. I see them. Of, I see know, them as the same. I have no use for them. <laughs> the boundary waters in his backyard are the same. Thing. I've got no use for the outdoors. That's my problem. Like, I mean, I, I like mind, the like sun. The, the patch of grass around Judd's mailbox is the same as like the you know Rocky Mountains. You know yeah. what it is? Nuisance. <laughs> It's a nuisance, you guys. I saw a dandelion out there. Just blaze the whole thing. Just take a flamethrower to all of it. You would, lo- you know what? You would love Arizona. My dad lives in Arizona. I do like Arizona, and there's no grass. Everyone's mm-hmm. lawn is just rock and dry heat. Yeah, it's it's but it's like 110 degree dry. I don't heat, like that, so. but I like the March dry heat, like the 85 dry oh, heat. Oh God, I hate that. Really, I hate sweating. There's I another, hate humanity. There's another Mike Zimmer quote in here. I've not heard this yet, but this is, this is labeled by Declan Zim on life. Yeah. Okay. 
my day when I like today I woke up I got a skid steer I went in the back did some work way back back there then I came back we had a defensive staff meeting and the offensive meetings uh, with the players and then took a break and I no that was this afternoon after the defensive meetings and I took a break got on the tractor and got the fields ready for the plant and then came up here for a defensive meeting so defense staff meeting so and then in the evenings you know we just kind of hang out and build a fire and take out or adam we got a smoker so adam loves smoking stuff on the on the smoker you know, he'll go j- jump in the hot tub and i'll watch some chicago right. pd or something i figured it out that i've watched so many god-awful things on netflix including my latest discovery is the show called the circle where it's a bunch of people yeah. trying to catfish each other it's, it's great i would watch a mike zimmer reality show the zimmer ranch reality show mm. Oh, yeah, you would. So would I. Can you imagine getting inside access to Mike Zimmer hunting on his property? And But he does, to his credit, he makes it abundantly clear, unlike Judd Zolgad, he enjoys the outdoors. So, like, he likes the land because he likes to work the land and hunt on the land. So he doesn't just pay people. I'm sure he does. But he also actually works his land, which is where I, I just say no. And are you a little disappointed that the coach of your National Football League team is a Chicago PD guy. Of all the Dick Wolf shows to watch, Law & Order right That's here, right? Uh, but Chicago Chicago PD, I, I used to talk to Collar about this because uh, he knew people that liked it, is the most unrealistic cop show of all time. I've never watched an episode. Another member of the Chicago PD has been shot and killed. Can we find who did it this week? Okay, but next week, another member of our team. It's like, <laughs> the you know... To its credit, the original Law and Order series tried to really put a cap on on over the top character development, and they went with crimes that got solved. And yeah, it wasn't always as realistic as possible. But Chicago PD is the one eighty polar opposite of you know this week the sergeant's been shot again for the thirteenth time in a row. Can we find the bad guy? It's just a bunch of crap. So have you bad shows him? Have you been able to dive other than our action movie rewinds? Have you been able to dive into anything beyond like sports reruns? Or are you just sitting in the dark waiting for our next? Oh, show you know to what? Start? No, I watched a. Uh, I watched. Um, th- did I watch two or three? I watched three documentaries alone on Saturday. In fact, I, I like was going that? to bring like, them like to Gyro Dreams of Sushi or what kind of discoveries. Uh, I watched Eight Days a Week, which was the Ron Howard uh, yeah. documentary did a couple of years back on the Beatles touring years mm-hmm. with new fi- new uh, footage, and that was a very quick, good watch. I watched a really sad documentary on the last uh, tour that Glenn Campbell did, which was just tear-jerking because uh, he was battling Alzheimer's and trying to still be on tour and be Glenn Campbell, which couldn't have been easy. And then I saw a one on Hulu that was really good. It was fairly lengthy, but it was a fairly quick watch, too, on um, these three triplets in the New York area who, in 1961, were born and then given up for adoption. And there was this whole... I've, I feel like I saw this one behind night and like, the fell asleep after 30 minutes. Where they're given to different families as basically an experiment. Yeah. It's it's good, though. Yeah. It's very disturbing. So you're much more highbrow in what you've been it, watching. Man. Well, it's because of Dawn. I have to be. Because, like, that's well, she, what she watches. She wants to watch the documentaries. She watches the documentaries. Now, she'll watch the crap, too. Don't get me wrong. But she'll watch pretty intelligent stuff. And it's like, okay, I'll, it's good. Like, I'll last watch weekend, it. we literally binged a show on Netflix. I can't remember what the name of the show was. But they brought in a bunch of 20-something hornballs. Like, the most gorgeous, model-looking oh. people ever. Yeah, this one's good. And they told these people, <laughs> hey, <laughs> this is a reality show. The, the initial the yeah. initial uh, like explanation to them was, you're all going to come to this island. You're all single. Everyone's going to be super hot. And you're all going to come to this island to be on this singles reality show. And then when they got to the island, they told them, hey, there's a $100,000 prize to whoever winds up winning at the end. Uh-huh. But the catch is... If you so much as kiss another member of the cast during your time here, we will we will deduct money from the prize pool. Too oh. hot to handle. Too hot to handle. There it was. And that's that's what I've been. And does that, it not that, go that's well. That's my life on the weekends right now. Just the watching the trashiest reality show. So they wound up. All right. Spoiler alert. If you don't want to hear the end, you know of what? Too hot at this to handle, point, at this point, turn time, your podcast down. Who right? cares? <laughs> Give it to me. Tell right. me. I'll never watch it. So they wind up. They wind up through a series of, you get fined $3,000 if you kiss somebody else. You get fined $6,000 if you 
let's just say, round second base on your way to third base and maybe slide into third base. And the only time someone like went for like full home run, it was like a fifteen dollars or $20,000 fine. So the whole group is accountable for the pot, right? $100,000. By the time the show was over, it was down to like twenty grand or something. But they said, all right, if this couple can stay in a fantasy suite together tonight, overnight, and not touch each other physically... <laughs> We will put all the money back in the pot, and then the winner will wind up getting you know close to a hundred thousand dollars still. And so the, dra- the drama on the show is literally: all right, can this hot gal and this hot guy <laughs> be in a hotel room together all night and not touch each other? And if they can, someone's going to win a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Genius! I can't believe and? I'm saying this out loud. And they did. They. They did, and then they wound up splitting the pot among the ones that were still there. Shouldn't this it was like they split it among like eight people or something? Shouldn't so. the pot have been at least a million? But well, then there's I, more room to make error, right? Also worth noting, Netflix's budget for this show going in was like, all right, let's try this. <laughs> we don't know how this is going to play out. If it's a if it's a train wreck, then we only lost a hundred thousand dollars in production costs. So stream. Okay, so now we're not going to front a million dollar prize pool for a show that might bomb. So stream did well. Streaming. Services in quarantine right now. I w- I will say this. Dawn um, subscribed to or got Hulu. I think two weeks back now. It has shot to number one for me easily. Hulu's got a ton, Hulu's good. ton of good stuff. Yeah, it's incredible. TV so are, shows, are you guys still doing cable, or did you cut the cord? So you're doing cable we're still and doing like cable. Hulu and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's not. So smart. the the best decision, and I I'd go back to cable at some point too. And for a long like for a long time. Phil Mackey well, here yeah. for, for Xfinity. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. What I was going to say is I, I think like cable companies like Xfinity are rolling out packages that look more like YouTube TV and Hulu. If you don't if you don't want the box, you just want some sort of a connected option. They are rolling those out. But yep. YouTube TV and Hulu TV are like 50 bucks a month. Yep. You get all the channels you would watch anyways. The only one you don't get on YouTube TV that I would like to watch is NFL Network. Yep. And you can wind, you can pay separate for NFL Network on other platforms, but like you wind up, you wind up going with YouTube TV for fifty bucks a month and Netflix for like fifteen bucks a month, and then you can, if you want to do Hulu on top of that, like you wind up paying less than a hundred bucks a month for all these platforms. So it's the, amazing. The pro move is to split these costs. So I do YouTube TV with actually Seth Auger, former social media Seth, and also Danny Cunningham, our former Wolves reporter, and then another employee too. So it comes out to like, like twelve fifty a month, right? You can have up to six, and then all. So here's the kicker. Like, Technically, you're supposed to be family, so one yeah. of you guys might have to change your I, name to, like, I'm the dad. Declan Auger. No, yeah, I'm the dad. Seth, it's, it's under Seth my Goff. name. And then I invited everyone. No, 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 no. I'm, this is my family. And uh, <laughs> Thanks, Charles Manson. You can, only, <laughs> you can only have up to three people watch at the same time, but the way around it is all these apps, you know, like if you're watching Fox Sports Go, you can log in through your YouTube TV app, and then that way everyone can technically be watching at the same time as long as you're not through YouTube TV. And I do the same thing with Netflix. I split that with my siblings, HBO, another friend. So all of these are like cut in half. So you can really get really frugal with it. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a revelation. Like it is, I think Royce is YouTube TV now, too. It's the best. It's pretty badass. I might have to explore this one. So, yeah. So um, we've got Netflix now, Hulu, Amazon. Is that right? That That's one, Amazon too. Amazon Prime Video. And, yeah. and, that's okay. and then the new sneaky one that I discovered um, last week. Peacock, which is a huge Trevor tro- a trove of NBC programming. Peacock, really? it's so, a it's a new app. It's great. It's really so what, good. like old stuff, old or? stuff, new or old stuff. Like can I watch stuff? like ER from the nineties with George Clooney? I believe you can. That's on yes. Hulu. ER is. Oh. I got hooked. Hulu's on that. got I love ER. Hulu has has Mary Tyler Moore. Yep. Um, Cheers, the original. Newhart show when he was a um, a therapist in Chicago, not to be confused with when he was, I think he ran a place out out east. But they've got a ton of good tele, uh, TV shows. I saw our old buddy, since we're talking about all our old Score North friends here in this segment, uh, Ross Brendel was tweeting yesterday. He just finished watching all 260 plus Cheers episodes from wow. the beginning of the series all the way through the end. I don't know how long it took him, but if you guys are going to carve out like a full 48 hours Saturday, Sunday. You're not going to move from the couch and you could binge a show from at least 10 years ago or further back. What would you sit down and watch? What would, there's a lot of them that I'm like, I'm good just watching that for the first time. Comedy or or drama? Anything. Anything you want. But something that ran for, for like three, five, 10 years, right? 
Like, would you watch Seinfeld front to back? No, I'd probably watch, if I had, if I did that, I'd probably watch it. And I think this is available on Peacock as well, The Rockford Files. Great P.I. show. James Garner's fantastic. Law and Order, I've seen them also. About once a year, I sit down and I always binge, binge Entourage, which is just wow. a show that gets more painfully cringy each year that passes. That was the coolest show when for me when I was like 19 years old yeah. and going to frat parties and yeah. we just like we'd all gather around and watch Entourage on Sunday night. I was and like, like make a WAP or something. 12 stupid. or 13 against my mother's will watching that with my brother who was around the same age too. So and that's a show that it is it would not last a season in 2020 culture. If they put Entourage yeah, and it's basically just it, like a bunch of dudes trying to Hook score up chicks. With, yeah. <laughs> it's so demeaning. It was and, one of the first huge I mean, HBO came out of the gate. They had they've had movies and stuff. It used to just be like like if, if new movies come out from the movie theater. Oh, HBO, right? yeah. But then I, had I feel like then. Sopranos. What were like the Sopranos on Yeah. Uh Deadwood. Deadwood. That Sunday night programming hey. in my house was like from eight to nine. If we dropped a fork in the kitchen, we wouldn't see the light of day. For the next week, because it was that was my parents' one hour to be away from us. Don't forget Fraggle Rock, HBO show. Okay, Fraggle Rock was great. I don't, I don't know. know. I Fraggle did, Rock. I did not That's kitchen. great stuff. Six, uh, uh, Sex in the City was an HBO show. That's right. That's right. So, uh, and I think this one is on Hulu as well. Dawn has been binging the old um, hospital show Saint Elsewhere. It's another one. Like I, I have not seen Saint Elsewhere either. So w- what's really weird is is St. Elsewhere was, uh, the storyline was based in Boston. So there's a 1985 episode where the doctors go into, and it's shot in St. Elsewhere fashion, so it's a drama. It's not a comedy. They go into the Cheers bar and are berated by Carla, but there's no laugh track. It's really, really weird. It's good, but it's really weird. So I would probably go, like, I have this major nostalgic sweet spot in my heart for early 90s sitcoms. Like everything from home improvement, family matters, boy meets world, step by step, uh, perfect strangers, like all that stuff. I would go back and watch every episode of Full House. Full House was my absolute favorite show in the early 90s. Full House and Family Matters ran back to back. Fridays, right? Dude, TGIF, man. Yeah, TGIF. That was, a, that was slightly outside my wheelhouse. Well, with uh, <laughs> HBO Max coming, that comes in a couple weeks here. So if you're an HBO subscriber, they're doing a thing called HBO Max, which is the same price, and they're adding a, a backlog, a catalog of, of old TV shows like this from the 90s and 80s onto it, including The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which is the one that I'm excited to rewatch because I loved watching that as a kid, too. Really? Yeah. Here, I'll pull it up quick. Interesting. I did not know that. Oh, here for it. Oh, good. Something else I can pay for. Here for it. Uh, we got to get to Doogie and a scoop session here in uh, just a couple seconds. So let's let's do that. Also, we should at some point, either on this podcast or maybe we do part of it on this podcast and 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 the rest tomorrow. Uh, all of the new information that came out from Governor Tim Walls and and by the way, like these photos coming out from because Wisconsin bars have opened up as of yesterday, right? Yeah, something, yeah, something. Like, yeah. Like, people are just like, like packed into these bars now. Like, is is there no middle ground here? Can we? Nope. This is worth we should talk talking about this. Yeah, can we, can we not, um, like, let's open the bars, but maybe not have people standing, like, on top of each how other? About, how about the Green Bay bar that, that um, opened so quickly that they went and took a uh, photo of it for the newspaper? And, there, of course, it's packed. There are still St. Patrick's Day decorations hanging because they closed basically on St. Patrick's Day or around that time. So they, so didn't, like, do, they didn't do they any didn't, there's prep no, or anything. There's zero cleanup. Like forget forget the virus. I'm just talking Dude, about John normal Taffer. hygiene. They Imagine John Taffer walking into that place. Shut it. The bleep Shut it down. down. So all right, we should we'll, talk about this. Yeah, scoop good. session with Doogie here in just a couple seconds. Let's talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company here partner of the Mackie and Judd podcast and of Score North. And speaking of local businesses, whether you are a bar owner or uh, or retail store owner, whatever it may be, you local business owners are our community partners, our neighbors, our families, and our friends. And with even more information out here, as of yesterday in the state of Minnesota, you may need to update your communications to employees. You may need to update your pandemic response plan here because it's not just going to be 
a switch flipping. There's a lot of things to be determined in the next few weeks. When you need Federated, whether it's right now or sometime down the road, Federated is here to help with trusted resources on their website at federatedinsurance.com. You can, you can also just call your local marketing representative to access those resources as well. Federated, based in, in Owatonna, Minnesota, over 100-plus years of experience helping business owners. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. All right, he is our friend from 5 Eyewitness News and the Scoop Podcast, which you can find on Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, and the Scornorth app. Darren Doogie Wolfson, are you ready to pack into bars like our Wisconsin friends, according to the photos we saw on Twitter yesterday? Are you ready? I saw that. I saw my good buddy, Tom Durian, who used to anchor here at Channel 5. He now works for a TV station in Milwaukee. He made the 20 or 30 minute drive, you know, just outside Milwaukee, went to a bar. It was packed. And I'm not shocked. Not shocked whatsoever. Although I will say, Phil, I am looking forward to some sense of normalcy. Like my two boys in particular, one wants to play soccer, one is just passionate about baseball. He's looking forward to playing Little League. So I'd like to think maybe by July or August, I don't know how exactly it will look in terms of social distancing. Like, I was even thinking about, like, do you need a permanent catcher in Little League? You know, like, they share gear, right? But now, in this day and age, you can't really share catcher's gear. So I'm curious to see what it looks like. But I hope for their mental well-beings that they can play sports at some point this summer, that we can have some sense of normalcy. Uh, Doogie, we do have, we have a scoop for you, actually. Declan has the (laughs) most searched terms in Wisconsin on Google here for us yesterday. All right, Doogie, these are the, according to Google Trends, Wisconsin is being very Wisconsin last night. It was number one, when do bars open Wisconsin? (laughs) Two, bars open. Three, Wisconsin bars open. Four, Green Bay bars. Five, bars open in Wisconsin. (laughs) I love it. I can only hear him faintly, but I'm assuming the word bar was in almost every single one. <laughs> yes. And then maybe Brett Farr for like a sixth. <laughs> that is correct. So, Dukes, where where do, do we potentially stand with the uh, steps that Governor Walls took on Wednesday here as far as teams being able to uh, congregate again in some way, shape, or form in the professional sports um, to to reserve resume some type of workouts? Are we still a ways away, do you think, as far as the leagues are? Or do we get closer, for instance, to the Wolves being able to open the doors? And I think the NBA is allowing something like three or four players in at a time, but a coach can't be there. Yes, more so the latter. I mean, even look at Minnesota United, right? I mean, they are training right now at the National Sports Center in Blaine. You know, Adrian Heath, other coaches have the masks on. You know, guys get their temperature checked. When they get to the facility, they can't go inside. Locker rooms are closed, so they come dressed to work out. They work out individually. There is social distancing. Then they leave. You know, and if they have a certain temperature, I think it's 100.4 or above, they are instantly sent home. So, yeah, I mean, we're making progress when it comes to MLS. Yeah, I do foresee Mayo Clinic Square being open here you know, as soon as next week for, for Wolves players to work out. I talked to Gary Trent Jr. the other day, former Apple Valley High School star. His dad still lives in town, Gary Trent Sr., the former Wolves player. And the Blazers are one of a few teams. The Cavs are another. I think the Nuggets are now at the point of, of having their facility open. I mean, everything is pretty much open in the states of Florida and Arizona. So presumably the Heat, the Magic, the Suns have have access to their facilities. So, yeah, I think it's a matter of when, not if, Judd, that the Wolves will be able to work out. Doogie, I think the biggest hurdle to get over here from a PR standpoint and even just mentally for players and maybe even physically for players, whether it's the NBA or Major League Baseball, whoever winds up coming back first in the NFL in the fall, there's going to be positive tests. Whatever form you bring sports back, empty stadiums, empty arenas, you can be, you can be testing on a daily basis Players are going to test positive to, to some extent, whether it's one, there might be, LeBron James might test positive for, for all we know. And I think the question is going to be, how are leagues and teams prepared to handle that? Are they okay with it? Is there a communications plan to the public so people don't freak out? Is it something that would just shut everything down? In which case, if a positive test is going to just shut baseball down or basketball down again, then maybe we shouldn't even be having these conversations. But do you have any... Do you have any idea where, just in your conversations with people, you know, in in the local front offices and teams, where people stand on that discussion? All over the place, Phil. I mean, what about? So I saw the story in the Wall Street Journal this morning that Major League Baseball plans, if if everything goes through, 
that they would have tests readily available. But what happens if, you know, somebody tests positive, you know, but then, you know, it's it's 24 or 48 or 72 hours when, when the actual result comes in? Yeah. Like, are they going to have access to, to the testing results snap of the fingers? So say somebody gets tested on a Monday, you don't get those results back until Wednesday. Okay, well, then he's been in the clubhouse. He's been around so many different, you know, personnel when it comes to, you know, players, you know, trainers, coaches, and so on. You know, so how do you combat that? You know, but then I saw, like, I don't know if you guys brought up the Blake Snell comments from Twitch yesterday. You know, the former Cy Young winner for the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, he went off about how, you know, he's not willing to put his life on the line. You know, now maybe that's a bit over the top. Like, there's not a lot of evidence to suggest that individuals in their mid-20s are, like, going to die. Yeah, there are some instances of that, you know, but we've seen a number of athletes, Kevin Durant and so on, you know, Donovan Mitchell, guys who have tested positive, Marcus Smart, and have been okay. But, like, my concern would be, like, what about players who have older relatives living with them, right? you know, or, or a family member with an underlying condition, a pre-existing condition, or somebody even like somebody we know real well, Kyle Gibson now with the Texas Rangers, right? Colitis, his, his ongoing battle with that, you know, going back to last year, how, how that derailed his, his 2019 season. Like he, in many ways, is at risk. So I don't know, Phil. I mean, I would say it's all across the board. You know, to me, it comes down to money, unfortunately. Like how much money is enough? You know, for guys to feel like, okay, I'm willing to to put all that at risk. I mean, you know, there are risks in our lives on a daily basis, right? Like, I just drove in to the station. It's nice to be here in the TV sports office because right now there's nobody else here so I can get some work done and be socially distant from from anybody else in, in our newsroom. You know, but, like, I hop in the car, there's risk, right, when I'm driving to the office. I think the point is, you know, maybe to a, to a, a larger extent, you know, you're putting others at risk, right? You can be asymptomatic and, yep. and you don't even know it. And then, you know, somebody else tests positive and then you don't know how they're going to react. You know, and Snell also brought up a good point. You know, we're still trying to find out, like, long term, what does this virus do to you? Like, you can survive it short term, but long term, are your lungs completely destroyed? You know, your respiratory system, like, what else, what else, what sort of long term damage is done to your body? So there are just there are so many unknowns, but I also know Phil. I'm telling you, there is so much money at stake that I would like to think that these leagues can figure out a way. If they can play baseball in Tokyo, they can play baseball in South Korea. If they can play soccer in Germany starting this weekend, I'd like to think they can find some sort of way. And also uh, comes the question: Do we ban certain coaches? Because you know, if you're 62 or so, I mean, Zim, Zim on June 5th turns uh, 64, I believe. Okay, so do you say, you know what, Mike? We're really sorry, but we can't take a chance of you dying. We don't think your players will. You can't coach. So, uh, Dukes, as this uh, affects our lives on a daily basis, uh, too, both um, through the virus physically, but also financially. Have you heard if this might alter the philosophy on a Dalvin Cook extension? Because the conversations that we had after the season came to a close, I think, was the assumption that he was going to get a a pretty rich extension. But as Phil and I talked about on uh, the Purple Daily podcast yesterday now, you know, the game has changed uh, potentially as far as what the salary caps are going to be, as far as what the operating costs are going to be. Uh, have we gone from basically assuming that Dalvin Cook is going to cash in before the 2020 season to slowing down on that role based on the fact that it might make a lot of sense for teams to say, sorry, what we planned on doing three months back is now simply not nearly as feasible? Yeah, I mean, it makes logical sense, Judd. I can just tell you, you know, those specific talks have not gotten off the ground yet. So I'm fascinated to see where those talks end up. I mean, I think realistically speaking, if you're Dalvin, if you're Dalvin's agent, you know, you're not breaking the bank. You know, I told you guys months ago that, that he wants to exceed what Ezekiel Elliott got from Dallas. That's just not realistic. You know, maybe at this point he wants to exceed what Christian McCaffrey got in Carolina. That's not realistic. So what is the happy medium? But you're right. I mean, at this point, is it safe to assume, Judd, that, that fans will not be in the stands if there are NFL games September, October, November, or are fans in the stands, but they are – six feet apart so maybe it's not 70,000 people at U.S. Bank Stadium maybe it's 12,000 people I don't know that's what's tough to foresee I know the TV money 
is still stupidly ridiculous. So these teams are still making plenty of money. But, like, even think about a training camp late July and August. The Vikings charge, what, Judd? Is it $10 a head for fans to get in the training camp? I mean, is that is that something that we'll see? Or will, I mean, I would think logically, like, if training camps happen, fans won't be in the stands. Fans won't be at TCO Performance Center. So I don't know. You'd have to go and, and calculate all those potential revenue losses. But, yeah, I just think realistically speaking, if you're Dalvin and his agent, you need to recalibrate what you're going to ask for. Doogie, do you have any idea which sports may be in trouble at the University of Minnesota? Well, I mean, I've thought for a long time, Phil, 25 sports is just too many. But I'm not in a position to say, okay, cross that one out, cross this one out. Like, the first ones that come to mind to me would be men's and women's tennis, but they have a pretty new tennis facility. You know, how about men's and women's gymnastics? I mean, Pike Hall is, I think, older than Sid, you know, so. (laughs) That's just not possible, Doogie. But they have good programs. They've produced All-Americans. Heck, I just saw that the Gophers men's gymnastics team has has the Big Ten Gymnast of the Year. The women have two All-Americans. Like, they produce big-time athletes. You know, gymnastics has been a longstanding sport at the university for so long. You know, so you can go up and down the list. I do know that my colleague Joe Schmidt had a lengthy conversation with John Anderson the other day. Actually, that TV piece will air on Channel 5 tonight at at 10 o'clock, 1020 to be specific. And John, you know, John brought up some of the things you just said. I mean, John John thinks that, that the future of maybe even his sport is in jeopardy. You know, many sports. I mean, John wasn't willing to name specific sports, but John just said, moving forward, it's just not realistic for the university to support all these sports. And if uh, we continue to go down this path, Title IX is definitely going to play a key role here, and football is uh, is staying uh, for sure. So one would have to figure that they're going to have to find men's sports, potentially, if they are going to kill sports, uh, to take off the table. Because if you can't just go down the list and be like, women's gymnastics gone, women's tennis gone, because that that's going to catch up to you. And, of course, Title IX is a... A federal issue. So it is, although I even wonder, Judd, yeah. you know, like what does Title IX potentially look like in the coming years? Is it possible that gets reworked? I mean, I don't know all the logistics that would be involved in, in changing the, the letter of, of that law. You know, it would probably be a, a very lengthy process. So I think for the short term, you're right. Right, exactly. You know, it's more so men's sports than women's sports. I mean, we even saw John Cunningham, the former associate AD, at Minnesota, Mark Coyle's right-hand man, who's now the athletic director at Cincinnati, a couple weeks ago, eliminate soccer, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, I think more so men's sports than women's sports, but, like, how would you eliminate men's gymnastics but keep women's gymnastics, right? I mean, that just doesn't seem real fair. Like, I, I would think if... This is not going to be about fair, sport, Dukes. It's, it's the entire sport. It's not just one sex. Um, do you think... Uh, does your gut tell you that we are going to have a full schedule Big Ten football season, or are we potentially starting to look at there might be some Big Ten schools that can play and there might be some Big Ten schools that won't play in football? Yeah, well, I mean, I've seen Mark Emmert of the NCAA come out, and I think he's right that that we need to be in a position where, you know, some schools can go and, and some can't. You know, I was talking to Michael Shu, you know, one of the University of Minnesota Regents on my podcast last week, He's pretty pessimistic about, you know, sports being in play in the fall. So I don't know, Jed. I'd love to tell you I have the definitive answer on that. I think every possibility has been talked about. You know, I know that, that Fitzgerald and Northwestern has taken a leadership role when it comes to Big Ten coaches. Same with Day at Ohio State. You know, they've, they've been meeting, you know, weekly. It's the ADs. It's the head football coaches. It's Kevin Warren, the, the Big Ten commissioner. So they've had a lot of conversations. I think they've talked about, you know, many different possibilities. But, like, to sit here right now, Judd, on what is today, May 14th, and definitively tell you, you know, what September 14th or October 14th is going to look like, I just don't feel real confident. I can just tell you, though, just talking to Shu and talking to others, you know, or texting, that, that you know, every possibility is, has been tossed about. Doogie, uh, give us give us a couple things here, rapid fire scoops. But also, I keep seeing little nuggets about go for basketball and football recruiting, and I don't follow as closely this time of year. Give us and the audience an update on go for football and basketball recruiting, and and where those programs stand. Sure, I'll start football. I mean, just in the month of April, PJ Fleck got nine different verbal commitments, including from some athletes who never set foot on campus, including a defensive back 
from Omaha, Nebraska, that could have gone to any school in the country. Now, I think he said he wanted a Florida offer. Maybe Florida didn't offer, but he had 20-plus offers. I mean, Penn State wanted them, all sorts of big-time schools. Nebraska, right? Like, it was a huge story when he told Nebraska, the home state Nebraska Cornhuskers, no, commit to the Gophers without ever setting foot on campus. So I know Fleck, and he's got a he's got a deep and smart staff. I think people forget that. You know, a lot of people just cite Fleck. I mean, he's got a really, really smart and talented recruiting staff. They are just kicking butt with these virtual tours and just wow. doing these these Zoom chats. Doogie, sorry to cut you off, yeah. but I I just pulled up twenty four seven sports dot com, and just for just for context here, a good recruiting class usually for the Gophers is like if they can get into the top fifty among college programs in recruiting across the country. Then they're like that's that's kind of a all right not not a bad job hey you got a couple four star guys in your class according to twenty four seven sports dot com the Gophers currently rank seventh in the country in recruiting for the twenty one uh, the twenty twenty one class they have five four star recruits already on board the only teams ahead of them are Ohio State Tennessee North Carolina and Mac Brown are third right now Clemson USC Florida. Notre Dame behind the Gophers, Michigan, LSU, Alabama. Now, this could obviously change as those schools ramp up and get some five-star guys. Yeah, but like, you never see early. the Gophers on that level recruiting. Yeah, I mean, they just they keep raising the bar, right? I mean, you know, to get a Rashad Bateman to come here to tell Georgia, no, remember the Georgia Bulldogs, the home state Georgia Bulldogs offered him. Now, albeit it was last second, but Georgia said, Rashad, we want you. You know, and he keeps his commitment to Minnesota. So we've seen it. Like, we've seen it come to fruition on the field. You know, so, yeah, he is recruiting, Fleck and, and his staff. They have been recruiting big-time athletes. But, yeah, I mean, you have the number there if you have the 24-7 set up. I just know in the month of April it was nine different commitments. And if you look at the nine, like, just about all of those kids had other big-time offers. I'm not big on the star rankings, although I think, you know, for perception's sake, it would be nice if at some point maybe they even land a five-star like, four stars are a big deal, right? Because we haven't seen four stars around here, at least no. many four stars. But maybe at some point they land a five star. So I get it from a perception standpoint. That would be nice. I just look at the other offers these kids have. And just so many of these kids have other Power Five offers. And I'm not just talking one or two. Like, for a lot of these kids, eight, nine, ten, fifteen other Power Five offers. So, yeah, I mean, uh, Fleck and, and those guys are, are dominating, and I think they'll be really good. I mean, if there is a season this year, you know, figure it comes down to them in Wisconsin for the Big Ten West Championship. I mean, I think it's when, not if, the Gophers are playing in the Big Ten Championship game. And if they're in that game, there is a chance that for the first time since, what, the the early 60s, the Gophers end up in Pasadena. Like, I'm now to the point of it's going to happen in my lifetime. Ten years ago, I wasn't sure that I'd see my alma mater in Pasadena. But now I'm to the point, Phil, where I think my alma mater in my lifetime will play in the Rose Bowl. Well, now, now for the uh, 2020 campaign, the, the Rose Bowl is part of the college football playoff, right? I don't even remember, Judd. Yeah, you might be so right. I think it's part that. of the playoff this year. So, yeah, be, so, I mean, I don't know if it'll be one of the four playoff teams. I'd like mm-hmm. to see the playoff go to eight teams at some point, but that's not happening. Oh, so would I. Real soon. So but would I'm I. just saying at some point, whether it's 2022, 2023, I think at some point this staff you know, is, yeah. is going to lead the Gophers to, to Pasadena. Now, as as far as the basketball team goes, they have two open scholarships. It's three if Marcus Carr keeps his name in the draft. I have Marcus on my latest Scoop podcast. The way he was talking, you know, just about reaching out to, to some of the new guys like Liam Robbins and Brandon Johnson and him having, you know, pretty you know consistent dialogue with, with Richard Pitino, he's testing the waters, but I just don't foresee a scenario where Marcus Carr isn't back. So he's going to be back. So I'm operating as if Marcus Carr is back. They have two scholarships to play with. Pretty much any transfer that is breathing right now, the Gophers have, have inquired on, but there's some good ones. Like, Nogel Eastern was a good player for Purdue. He's a transfer. Now, he's a sit-one guy, sit-one, play-one. Although all these guys will, will attempt to, to gain a waiver to be eligible right away. But like Nogel Eastern, he has a half-brother. Devin Eastern, who's part of the Gopher football team's 2021 recruiting class, a big-time defensive lineman from Shakopee High School. So there is a family connection there. So I was told by a Gopher source, go at least make the phone call. Mac McClung, who's this unbelievable dunker, but he's a really good scorer. He's leaving Georgetown. He tested the NBA draft waters. He talked to a bunch of teams, not the Wolves, but 
You know, like he's on the radar of NBA teams, but he decided to take his name out of the draft. He is now transferring from Georgetown. The Gophers are going to be one of many programs inquiring on him. So pretty much any good transfer out there, the Gophers have made a phone call on. Then there is a young man, a four-year guy from Turkey that I know Alihan Demir has reached out to. First name is David. I forget his last name. But anyway, I know Alihan Demir has a connection to the kid. So Alihan's reached out to him to say, hey, his experience with the Gophers was good. I know that kid has taken a virtual tour with Patino and the staff. So they're trying. But, yeah, they, they have, at least in my mind, it's two, not three, two open scholarships to play with. Darren Doogie Wilson from Five Eyewitness News and the Scoop Podcast, which you can find every single week on Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com. Dugs, stay safe, and we'll talk to you next week, man. See you, Doogie. Okay, sounds good, Phil. Take it easy, Judd. All right. Let's, uh, let's real quick, before we wrap the episode here, let's do two things. Let's get into what the latest news is here and what will be open in the state of Minnesota with the stay-at-home order being lifted in a few days after we think and talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota here, uh, partner of Mackie and Judd, the podcast. So they have taken a lot of different precautions to keep you, the customer, safe and their team members safe. Most notably, if you want a test drive of one of these brand new Camrys, RAV4s, Tacomas with all the different bells and whistles and new technology and Apple CarPlay and you name it, they will drive the vehicle to you so you can just stay at home and do a test drive around your neighborhood. They've also announced 0% financing on those aforementioned 2020 Camrys, RAV4s, and Tacomas. So some great deals and 90 days deferred payment, which will help on your wallet on both new and used vehicles. If you need service on your vehicle, Luther Brookdale Toyota is still open. They've set up a no-contact system, including electronic checkout. And if you don't need anything right now, that's okay as well. They just want you to know that uh, they're here for you whenever you may need them, and they want you and your family to stay safe so we can get through all this healthy and happy together. Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. And gentlemen, uh, retail opening up here next week, as long as you can maintain 50% capacity or less in the state of Minnesota. Gatherings of 10 or less are now permitted again. Governor Tim Walls is saying, if you don't have to leave your house, just don't. You know, err on the side of social distancing and stay at home. Right. But the biggie here is steps are going to be taken in the next two, two and a half weeks leading up to June 1st to open up restaurants, bars, salons, and and other businesses and establishments. There's not a full plan in place yet. I think the biggest thing I keep hearing as I see, I know that the owner of Jack's, which has been open for 100 years here in the state of Minnesota, posted a heartfelt Facebook video essentially saying, listen, if we even open up at 50% capacity, we will lose money and we will maybe have to shut down. Mm-hmm. So there's just even even opening up bars and restaurants with social distancing and 50% capacity might sink some of these same places. It might not be any better. It might be even be worse for them if they open up at 50% capacity. So like this is where I'm conflicted. I don't like I want to keep these places open. And so partly because I'm fat and lazy and partly because I want to keep restaurants open. We're doing takeout like three, four nights a week, all right? Right. But I also, on June 1st, don't feel comfortable sitting in a crowded bar. Like, I don't personally feel comfortable doing that in three weeks from now. Where do you guys stand with all this? I'm not at all. The first thing that I will do is go to my barber and get my damn hair cut because I absolutely (laughs) have to um, because I can't stand my hair being this long and uh, I can't get it cut because Don's like, I won't do it because we don't have the right clippers or something. Just I just cut your know. ear off and be I, responsible. I don't even care at this point. Just cut my ear off. Just get the hair uh, cut off. But as far as bars and restaurants and as far as going and sitting at bars, I mean, I saw the pictures that came out in Wisconsin after the decision came down yesterday in bars. And I just think it's crazy. I'm sorry. I don't want bars to close at all. I don't want restaurants to close. But if you're asking me, am I comfortable after what, we've been through uh basically going right back out and sitting by a person or near a person on a bar stool my answer is no and i won't be for some time and look the, the conversation that we had before is my basic concern my fundamental fear is not that i'm going to get this and die okay and i see that tweeted a lot you're not going to die well first of all you might die but that that's just to not, be clear you're more likely to die than me and declan all right well 100%. And, but but here but here's my but here's my my honestly ultimate fear <laughs> oh yeah well i'm 50 and i'm not in great shape although Phil, what, did, what did you tell me when you turned 50 there's a guarantee you make it to 50 yeah there's, there's no, no guarantee, guarantee you make, make it, it to 60. 60 that's exactly this right. was before covid but but the scary thing is twofold one is 
is you you don't know if you get this, you cannot guarantee how it's going to impact you because to say that young people don't die is absolutely not true. There have been people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s who have died. It's not big, but guess what? If you're on that list, too bad. It's not like you can, you know, you die and you're like, well, yeah, okay, but I'm just one person who died. No, you're dead. The second thing that really scares me, as we discussed earlier on this podcast, is not knowing what the impact of the virus is on you. I mean, we've read about people having, and I think it's young people having strokes, uh, lung damage that you can never repair. I I now see that there's um, kids on the, I think it's largely on the East Coast, who are getting the virus, are having huge inflammation and swelling, and it's killed a few kids. And I go, again, it's small, but guess what? If it's your kid, you're not like, yeah, my kid's dead, but it's a very small list. No, my kid's dead. So am I going to feel comfortable just popping back over to the bar and sitting on a stool and uh, watching a game, which I love to do? No, it's going to take some time here. And I'm not saying that there has to be the vaccine and it has to be totally eradicated. But I'll sure tell you this right now, June 1st, I ain't back to being the Judd that I was on uh, March 1st. It's going to sound very pompous uh, butthole here, but I love living in the North Loop. It's tucked away. It's not like uptown where there's people all about. So I'm excited to be to be able to go out to one of my favorite bars, like go to Red Rabbit and be able to sit there and get served at a cocktail. Drink about nine of those Manhattans and and stumble home, which I've done numerous times. That's a lot of alcohol. And I know that those bars, even at its peak, like, yeah, they'd be pretty busy on a Friday or Saturday night. But in general, it's low key. And that's why I like going there. But I think with people being so stuck at home and and wanting to get outside, those restaurants are going to be like there's going to be people still like lined up just to get inside of a 50 percent capacity bar. So part of me is, yes, I, I'm honestly eager. I want to get out. I want to be served a cocktail at one of my favorite establishments, but I definitely have trepidations about being around people in a close proximity. Right. Like, there's no way in hell I'm going to go to Cuzzy's once these bars reopen. I mean, that play, I, it's, it's a super, great bar. It's, it is, it's amazing. It's a great bar. Also, I love it. It's also super, it's just, it's, it's a cramped. small space. It's a small space. It, it's it's elbow to elbow. So there are certain places I'm just going to avoid like the plague, but there are going to be places where I'm going to have to figure out, can I get a cocktail here and can I be socially distanced? I think that's the biggest hurdle. What is your guy's faith? And I, I guess this is the starting point for me of being concerned. What's your guy's faith in your fellow human being across the board to handle this correctly? Well, I would say generally low, even outside of this circumstance. Correct. I I, I agree. With I always you. Just, yes. I always assume that you know <laughs> on the road someone's going to swerve into me, and so I don't. That's where I'm so conflicted here because at some point we have to start taking steps, and I am glad that we will start taking these steps in the state of Minnesota the next few weeks and be ready if there's another wave or outbreak to scale back again. I I think if you just back up a step, the main goal of the stay-at-home order was to reduce pressure on hospitals, right? Mm -hmm. It was to flatten the curve and reduce pressure on hospitals so that if people are in grave danger of dying from COVID, there's a ventilator available. There's There's an ICU room and bed available for them. And based on all the data and statistics, we have done a really good job. We have accomplished the goal over the last 60 days in the state of Minnesota for now of not overwhelming hospitals. And the result of us going all in on not overwhelming hospitals, which was a necessity, is that businesses are closing. People are without jobs. We've experienced that firsthand here with a lot of our friends and teammates being laid off two weeks ago at Score North. People are jobless because of it. And so, like, there's really no winning here if you're Tim Walls. No. If you open up too quickly and you open up too fast, you're going to piss off a lot of people who get sick and lose parents and grandparents. But at the same time, if you you extend the stay-at-home order for another 60 days and more people lose jobs, like, think about all the people in rural outstate Minnesota that are looking at this and saying, well, wait a second, like, Hennepin County is the most dense. That's why, of course, like most of the cases are in Hennepin County and that might go Ramsey County is right there. Uh, so, but, but I, I keep going back to you are damned if you do and damned if you don't. If you're the governor right now, like there's almost no way he comes out of this when you know whenever the next election is three years from now, right? Right. There's almost no way he comes out of this with like a seventy five percent approval no. rating. There's just it's impossible. But you can't. But it, it's true of sports too. 
it's a PR nightmare if people rush back and get sick, but it's a current ongoing PR nightmare and a financial one if you are not either playing games or or having your public go to restaurants and bars. Now, here's the tough part of this discussion. Personally, I'm not going back. I just need to see it play out. I, I need to see what the statistics are. The tough part of this discussion is the very people I don't trust because I think that they're going to go back and abuse this and not be smart are the very people that people like me need to do exactly that. Because if they go back and they don't get sick, guess what? I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Right. If we now have them all go back and, and this group of people is like, I, I haven't been out. I just need to be out. And they and we, we have a spike in COVID-19. Guess what? That tells us some important things. So I'm torn here. Because I don't want to see people get sick and deathly sick and potentially go into the hospital and die. But we almost need them in some ways to do exactly that to find out, okay, are we okay here? Or are we at a point where, oh, my God, no. And, and again, to Phil's point now, that kicks back on walls as, as I'm sure a faction will say, how could you open up this soon? He can't win. But this is a this is a very intricate, layered depressing, I guess, conversation, because if everybody thought like us, it's like, I'm not going back. We're never going to find out what we have to find out. And we're never going to get businesses back going and the economy exactly. back going. And for us, selfishly, we're not going to get advertisers that want to come back on board with Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily, et cetera. And, yep. you know, I, statistically, an overwhelming percentage of deaths are people over 70 and or people that are in assisted living or you know, some other uh, yeah, they've got- care situation, right? Mm-hmm. Pre-existing conditions, et cetera. Yes. There, is, there is a sliver that is between 60 and 70. Now, I think the majority of the cases are people between 30 and 50, but, you know, 99% of those cases are not resulting in anything near grave danger. And so, you know, knowing the data and knowing that if you're under the age of 70, there's very, very, very little risk at this point of dying from COVID, right? ultimately we have to sort of trust that we can, this is what sucks, like we have to trust in fellow humans that we can take steps to nudge the economy forward, but not abuse those steps and still be safe. Like can we open places up and still execute social distancing measures, wear masks if and when needed, right? And that's the problem. Like I just... The answer I'm with you, I don't know if I trust people to not just like go right back to where we were before and not abuse. The us. answer to your question is a resounding, largely no. Like we're going to have people who definitely just go back full yeah. throttle. Not, nothing's wrong. Now, where I will say, and this is where I would like to avoid this thing as much as possible to see what happens and play the long game, is is if you are between 30 and 50 and get this, odds are, you know, very good that you're not going to die. What I want to know is five to 10 years from now, can you breathe? Like, do you have permanent lung problems? I'm just, the one thing that the big group that said it's it's the flu didn't get is the flu doesn't stay with you for the rest of your life, potentially. I would prefer to see from those people if they are going to have lung problems at 50, which is my age now, then I would prefer to say, oh, hey, you know what? I never got the virus, and I'm really glad I didn't because five years after the fact or 10, there's more problems here. Yeah. There, there's just the unknown scares us so much, and it should. But to me, that's why I like to just back away and be like, you know, I really do enjoy going to the bar and watching games. But for, I hate to say this, for the rest of 2020, it's probably not worth it personally to me. I can sit at home, yeah. I can, and it sucks. And, and I'm older, so it's not as tough. Now, if I was Declan's age, I think I'd be going crazy. Yeah, I'm going nuts already. And I'm with you. Um, but we just don't know. I mean, it is uh, it is going to be a really unique five- or six-month stretch here of this balance between get the economy going again, which we need to because people need to get back on the – people need to start working again. And, Hell yeah. And, yeah. and businesses need to start generating revenue, but we also need to avoid – Massive catastrophe as well. So, any it's final tough. words from you, Declan, bar dweller Declan in his twenties? I I just want to pay <laughs> a markup of like two hundred percent for a flipping cocktail. That's all I want. Yeah, those I, Manhattans will knock you on. Oh yeah, knock no, your socks two, off. Too. Two red rabbit With Manhattans, pleasure. and I am good. 
I am good <laughs> with for pleasure. the next 12 well, hours. Define good. Good for a good two. Speaking of flattening the curve, two to three hours I'm here and then and then the curve flattens. <laughs> well put. All right. Thank you guys for listening to Mackie and Judd, the podcast. It always helps when you give us a five-star rating and a positive review, if you can, on Apple or wherever you listen to the podcast. And also check out our daily Vikings conversations in addition to Mackie and Judd on Purple Daily, the podcast, and also YouTube.com slash Score North. We'll see you tomorrow. Action Movie Rewind. The Rock.